0: Hello listeners. Uh, welcome to another episode of Sack King's Therapy Pod. Um, apologies for not uh record not p- publishing an episode last week. I have a lot of internet issues, and hopefully it does not rear its ugly head this recording. Uh with me, Fong Legacy. Hello. Hello, Fong Legacy. Uh hopefully you have good internet, and it seems like you do.
1: Uh oh yeah, let's just hope so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, Comcast has uh, not been reliable as of late, so you know, bear with me. Uh, okay, so today's topics: we'll talk a little bit about a a uh, hypothetical Buddy and a Buddy and Marvin trade for Zach Levine and Lowry Marketing. Uh Let's we'll talk a little about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell's situation and a trade idea that uh, caught my ears and my eyes. Uh, Harry Giles, his situation uh, with the team uh we'll, we'll just kind of and we'll also kind of shout out uh, the King's players and organization members that have uh, donated to CoVID nineteen. I'll talk a little bit about Ben McEmore as well and the Hall of Fame class. Uh, and so all right, let's get started. So I think this was brought up by Carmichael Dave. It, well that that's why I remember seeing the tweet from and there might be someone else who brought him the idea, but on Twitter, uh I saw a trade idea. Basically, it was going to be Buddy and Marvin or Zach Levine and Lowry Marketing. I'm going to ask you right off the bat, Fong, do you think this is a good trade? By my ears
1: and by what I'm seeing from the Bulls at the moment, I'd say no.
0: Yes, I am on the same t- train with you, except I go way more to the extreme. That is a horrible trade. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I don't like Zach Levine. I kind of felt like we dodged a bullet with him. Uh, with him, what's it called? With the bulls matching uh, mm-hmm. him back back in the day. I forgot. Was it 2016 or 2017? I don't remember. But it was it was like eight mil a year. Eight mil, twenty mil. <laughs> no, 20 so 20, it was basically what Buddy was gonna is getting now, but like I think more. Hmm. I, I don't remember the exact, but I think we dodged a bullet there. Uh, Lowry marketing. Uh, I like him actually. Uh, But he has been, I think, injured quite a bit, and, you know, it's it's kind of a reason why the Bulls kind of suck, in a way. And, you know, maybe he he could be an upgrade over Marvin, but I believe in the potential of Marvin. But, you know, a lot of people do disagree with me, but in the interest of fairness— you know, we, both of us don't like that trade, but let, let's go through the stats, so, you know, come from an objective point of view and see, uh, I guess, what both of them actually do well or both parties do well. So uh, I pulled up some uh, basketball reference numbers. So we have some per 36, some per 100 and some advanced stats. And we, so we're going to start with Buddy versus Zach because those are the two shooting guards that will be involved in this trade. Hypothetical trade. I really hope this doesn't happen. Way. Mm-hmm. so um so uh, on the per 36 numbers i'm not going to go through every stat but uh very similar points per game uh zach levine scores point oh point one points more than uh buddy healed um and shoots a better percentage zach levine that is shoots uh 12 well was that 1.2 percent uh better from two-point range than uh buddy healed However, Buddy shoots way better from three. Buddy shoots 41.1%, while Zach Levine shoots a, a, a little bit above average, 37.5%. And those are kind of the main differences between the two. What do you think, Fong?
1: Uh, In comparison between Buddy and Zach Levine, I got to say, I kind of wish that Buddy shot a few more free throws.
0: Yeah, that's just not part of Buddy's game. Uh, and for those of you wondering, Zach Levine shoots 4.4 uh, free th- has 4.4 free throw attempts per game, while Buddy only has two. And uh, Zach Levine is a good free throw shooter at 81%. Uh, Buddy, surprisingly, is only 36 or 86% this year uh, mm-hmm. from the free throw line. But yes, yeah, so that is a hole in uh in Buddy's game, and you kind of see it all across the board too because buddy's two point percentage is worse and he has less two point two point uh field goal attempts per game. Driving dribbling and driving just really isn't his game slashing uh, but of course Zach Levine is you know is the star of the team and gets a lot of opportunities to drive and draw fouls and yeah it's that's just not buddy's game um he is he's kind of he's kind of what I feel his best ver the best version of him. Is a souped-up version of JJ Redick, <laughs> or Black JJ Redick. Mm-hmm. So you know, just uh, you know, as little dribbling as possible, honestly. And this is kind of one of those kind of gripes I have with Luke Walton is he does have Buddy on the ball a little bit too much. Now you can make an argument he's trying to get uh, Buddy to improve on his ball handling, and we will see next season how this goes. But you know, but during that stretch uh, when De'Aaron was out and Marvin. Uh, were out there was i think kings were like literally 30th in uh 30th in uh free throws per game or at least like in the low in the very very low 20s high 20s i mean like in 28th or 29th
1: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah zach levine would help that but you know the le- you know the lesser um the lesser shooting from three i think would be a big issue for me uh, okay, on uh, per 100s for Buddy Hield and Zach Levine, um, for the most part, pretty even across the board. Uh, you know, again, go through the same thing. Um, Buddy has more uh, threes, of course, and mm-hmm. you know, um, Zach Levine has more attempts from two point range. Uh, they're, they're on their plus minus. Buddy is a minus six, while Zach Levine is a minus nine. Is primarily what caught my eye. Um, and what are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I don't know too much about plus and minuses, so <laughs> can you elaborate on how the plus and minus?
0: Basically, well, like the way that I'm looking at it offensive rating and defensive rating. So the yeah. offensive rating with uh, Buddy Heald on the four for the Kings is 107. And his defensive rating is 113, meaning mm-hmm. honestly kind of bad. You don't want that above 110 usually. Uh-huh. But basically, they provide more. Basically, it you want them to provide more offense uh, than they do defense than what they give up on defense. And unfortunately, both are minuses. However, but he does possess a, high, a a lower minus, I guess a minus. Six, and Zach Levine at a minus 9. So basically, their defensive ratings are actually the same, uh, but Zach Levine provides less offense with, uh, overall for his team. Okay, I see. So, yeah. Um, there's not much to take away from it. Again, th- this is also dependent on team situation. Bulls uh, have been a shittier team for the most part. So, oh yeah, for sure. Which is, you know, saying a lot. Kings aren't exactly one to brag. But, you know, we're, we're we're kind of we're a, we're a level above the Bulls. I'd like mm. to say. Um, I was just listening to a, a Timberwolves uh, draft history. My God, if you you like you know we complain about you know us missing out on Luca, they missed out on way more. Yeah. Let's just say. Oh, for sure. And you know the infamous you know R- Ricky Ruby and Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry. So two draft picks, by the way. That that did not go to that did not uh, go to Steph Curry. So they are I think that you can objectively say they are a worse franchise, but we are not talking about the Wolves today. We're talking about the Bulls. Okay. Uh, final advanced stat. Um so it is so final stats is the advanced stats c- category. Uh, so overall, nothing really kind of pops out to me. Um, you know, de- rebounding similar numbers. Um Buddy has a higher rebounding percentage. Um and uh but uh Zach Levine does have a higher assist percentage, meaning that he you know that's the percentage of uh possessions that turn into assists for Zach Levine. Anything to take away from that mm. do you think that matters in a way? It is a percentage po- So Buddy is a 12.7% assist percentage and while Zach Levine is a g- Pretty seem. I think that's a solid number at twenty percent. That is pretty solid.
1: I, eh, it's hard to say. Like if if we somehow, of course, had uh, Zach Levine instead of Buddy Heald on the floor, will it really generate into better offense?
0: That that's the thing, and then you kind of have to think about this in the context of the team. You take away Buddy Heald and replace him with Zach Levine. You know, sure, he has a higher assist percentage, but he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much because De'Aaron is the man. Yeah, exactly. Or he better be the he better be the man. <laughs> One Zach Levine running my team, and uh, so yeah, it's a, you got to think about that in the context that no stats really can truly, you know, predict that. But you know, as an educated guess, I think Buddy does fit. Better next to Fox than uh, Zach Levine. So that assist percentage, I don't really take that much uh, stock in. And because he actually has a higher uh, assist percentage, meaning that he's on the ball more. Zach Levine has a higher turnover percentage uh, <laughs> than than a uh, Buddy Hield. Again, Buddy, I think is at his best. I think you know, without the ball, and off the ball, meaning he just catches the ball and shoots it. Mm -hmm. uh this year he's had to take more responsibility which is kind of why his assist turnover percentage actually somewhat high at 10.7 percent Zach levine is at uh just under 14 percent basically 13.8 and you know maybe without the ball more or like the ball is less in his hands he might uh, tune that down a little bit but you know if, if he's willing to play off ball i'd be a little bit more optimistic about him i don't see that much evidence of him i don't watch the bowl so I don't know, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, Buddy has higher win shares at thirteen point one. Zach Levine is at twelve, and the last stat of any kind of real significance, I guess, VORP. Uh, Buddy has a six rate point has a six point zero rating, while um, Zach Levine is at three point eight. Meaning that, basically, once he is once that player is off the floor. The higher your percentage, or the higher your warp is, basically, the less replaceable you are, and that actually depends on, you know, how good your backup is, and we don't really have a backup for Buddy because Bogey plays a different style, and if you if you guys if you're wondering, Buddy's is or Bogey's isn't, isn't very high, unfortunately, so hmm. that might help uh, Buddy's warp rating. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, look at the Vort rating. Who is Zach Levine's backup to make it that low? Chris Dunn, probably. I don't know. Mm, well, that probably. well that, that's a that's kind of one of the things that kind of pisses me off about Zach Levine. He doesn't really play much defense. Mm-hmm. Very lack lackadaisical. Very low effort on that end. Chris Dunn, however, is a very good defender. You know, a very disruptive. Uh, his backup is a very disruptive defender, mm-hmm. but very limited offensive skills. So. You know, that might be why his vote rating is relatively low.
1: Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised since how like the Bulls are doing so terribly this season, I, would, I I would expect like the star players to play pretty well for their team.
0: well the well the big story with the bulls is of the main story with the Bulls is that you know the star players, Zach Levine and Lowry Marketing especially don't get along with Jim Poyland. Mm, so oh, they yeah. might they might be relo- they might be losing on purpose for all we know <laughs> like it's a except when they play against the kings they they hit all the threes but you know oh, um yeah. we did we did beat them in chicago which that was nice um yeah I, you know that the entire bulls situation you know is a, is a train wreck of course we shouldn't brag it's not like ours is amazing but you know we have a, we like we're running on a level of stability that we i don't think we've had in a while so we're kind of trending in the right direction, so you know maybe a better situation helps Zach Levine, but overall the st- looking at the stats, I can't really say um, say Zach Levine would be a good replacement for Buddy, to be honest, like mm-hmm. so i I say no to that, and I assume you say no as well.
1: oh yeah, for
0: sure, yeah, so okay, case close on that one i we don't want Zach Levine. So, oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, uh, however, a uh, little bit more interesting. Marvin versus Lowry marketing. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't. I have not watched much Lowry marketing. I just know he's he. You know, he's white. He can shoot, and he's tall. And that's basically the you know the extent of my knowledge against uh, or knowledge of uh, Lowry marketing. Uh, Marvin, however, I think has you know. You know, we I, we see him up close, although honestly, not that much because he has been injured quite a bit. But mm-hmm. I see a lot of uh, at potential with him, and uh, a lot of development that he needs to do, of course. But I, I have high hopes for the guy. He he works hard, and is a general generally good dude. You know, having to you know uh, go up against this abuse that uh, Kings fans have been subjecting him to, even though it's not his fault that he is not Luca. Blame that on Vlade. But uh, you know, what, what do you do? You what? What do you know about Lowry Market?
1: <laughs> You're asking the same person. Who, I mean, really, I don't know much either. Besides that, did you heard, know he was
0: white? Of of course, yeah. <laughs> well, that's not, well. Let's start there then.
1: Well, yeah. All I remember was when he got drafted. Uh, Bulls. Uh, Bulls fans, I heard, were pretty high on him. Uh, first year he came in. I he he
0: shows. He showed
1: flashes, actually. Yeah, he has shown flashes, but... I mean, this season, I haven't heard too much from the Bulls.
0: Uh, so, like, I've known that he's been injured quite a bit, and looking at his games, he's had, what, how many seasons? Actually, no, never mind. He's actually got a lot of games played. But he has been injured for stretches, uh, for sure. And, you know... You know, again, the the coaching over there in, in Chicago is a mess right now. I, I like I heard that Fred Hoiberg really, really liked him and he liked Hoyberg, but guess what? They fired him and replaced him with Jim Boylan, who who as far as I know, he Lowry does not like. So you mm-hmm. know, and you know, again, we just can't project that, I guess, how, like how good he actually is, just because it's a very bad coaching situation over there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I'll probably keep harping on that for the rest of the for the rest of the time we talk about the Bulls. Uh, so uh, let's get into a little bit of the stats. Uh, per thirty six, Marvin scores more than Lowry. Uh, Twenty one points for Marvin, while Lowry's per thirty six is nineteen points. Um, big distinguisher between the two. Marvin takes w- w- way more uh, two point attempts than uh, Lowry, and he shoots better from uh, two point range than Lowry does. However, Lowry Lowry does shoot quite a lot better than Marvin from three. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, Looking at these stats right here, also shooting better at a free throw percentage at close to 85% compared to Marvin's 70%. Um, Then again, Lowry has played a lot more games than Marvin. Uh, But, you know... I, I do feel like Marvin will grow and hopefully we could get a better understanding of his game because so far this per 36 minutes is it's, it's looking pretty good. So far, I haven't seen it yet.
0: Again, you know, he just, I think he just, need, I i, I want to see more of Marvin. And we, and, you know, Bulls fans need to see more of Lowry. We don't, honestly mm-hmm. don't know what he is yet, really like yeah. you can't really object and both of these are really young players for the most part like oh yeah you know, Lowry's only, what? I did only what 22 say 22 and marvin's what 21 next year i think this year this year no well but, well you know they're young we don't know what you don't know what they're gonna be in um i want to i want to see what marvin becomes before like talk about trading him and as far as as far as like i know the reports are he's he's one of the untouchable ones along with uh Fox, so mm-hmm. yeah um so overall uh the main takeaway is um marvin shoots better from two and um lowry shoots better from three and shoots better from the free throw line however marvin does score more points uh per 100 um Surprisingly, actually, Marvin is only a minus one and Lowry's a minus four. Um, that's main that's my main takeaway from that. Um just I'm a surprise then. I thought Marvin's plus minus would actually be really bad this year because we're two and eleven in the games he played. Of course, circumstances, but um yeah, I was just surprised. I guess and of course somehow Lowry's a negative, which is interesting. Let's see, is this combined with his rookie season? oh uh, yes, yeah. That's that's pretty surprising. <laughs> he he was very helpful when he played last year. You know, of course, you know the the Willie Collie Stein effect, but you know,
1: yeah. Like,
0: but you know, he was good last year. Like mm-hmm. you, we can't really deny that. And you know, he added a spark to the team. And you know, when he went down, we lost that a little bit and kind of went on a little downturn.
1: Let's see. I'm trying to look at these stats. Let's try to see something bad. <laughs> But so far. See, eh, it seems pretty fine to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Like again, circ- the circumstances of the Bulls probably really, you know, adds to kind of how, kind, you know, kind of infects, I guess, a Lowry stats and advanced stats and all that. So again, Lord knows what he would provide to us, but I like to see what Marvin is before we do anything else, and. Oh, it might be too late at that point, but you know, I'm I'm willing to die on this hill. I'd rather keep Marvin <laughs> for that. You know, I do I do like the idea of a better three point shooter, a big man yeah. that can shoot around is he, Fox. Is he considered a stretch four? He, I think
1: so. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he does have a lot better three point uh percentage. And to be
0: fair, it's very average for the most part. But again, yeah. circumstances. He, Got to put that in the perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, of, one good indicator of someone whether someone is a good three-point shooter when you don't really know, because Lowry shoots 35%. It's a very average percentage for the most part. Mm-hmm. But his free throw percentage is very good, and usually that is a good indicator. Oh, yeah. Marvin, on the other hand, I just actually Googled his uh, college free throw percentage. He shot 60% from the line uh, in, in college. For free throws? Yes, which is not a good sign.
1: Oh, at least, at least he improved a little.
0: Yeah, but 70%, it's not something to be really that optimistic about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Marvin could be, you know, maybe as dangerous as Joel Embiid is from three, meaning that every now and then people will kind of close out on you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that that's the hope with Marvin. And you, you hope that he becomes maybe a dominant post guy or something like that like a super or souped up Roman, man that'd be amazing that, that's my you know that's my thinking for him for now although it's a relatively low standard unfortunately at this point you know you draft him over luca you expect him you expect more but it is what it is let's move on okay uh final thing advanced stats uh so marvin has an a, much higher uh, rebound percentage. Well, not much higher, but offensive rebounding over twice the amount of Lowry because, you know, Marvin is a super like athletic dude and he goes hard for offensive rebounds. However, his defensive rebounding percentage is actually lower than Lowry's. That's not a great sign. Um, but, you know, overall, uh, Marvin has a b- higher total rebound percentage. Again, that crazy high bounce. So, this percentage, both are pretty low. Lowry does have a higher one at seven, at seven percent, and uh, Marvin at five point seven percent. And uh, yes, and the and of course the VORP, the VORP percentage. Marvin is only a 0. 0.3, which disappoints me zero point three, and Lowry is a two point two, meaning that you know, um, meaning that Lowry is a more valuable player than Marvin. Basically, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Yeah.
1: I mean, like you uh, you explained or explained to me before this podcast, uh, we do have a bunch of power forwards and big men that can fill that spot in the four and five.
0: Yeah. So basically, the gist of it is that, like, we have replacements, I guess, for. Marvin in the form of guys like Nemanja Bielica, Sean Holmes, Alex Len, Harry Giles. These are all like, these are all big men that serve a very specific role and they're they're pretty good at it. And so, and Marvin kind of, in a, in a way, doesn't provide, you know, say, belly shooting, ha- Harry's passing, and Len's, Len's, um, ability to kind of just drop back as a as a pick and roll defender a very good pick and roll defender so he doesn't have these skills but he does provide a incredible volume scoring but again he doesn't have these specific skills that these other big men provide so he ends up just being a little bit less valuable to the team because the team just has guys that can you know Provide something, some that bring things to the table, as opposed to whatever the hell the Bulls have. I, I don't know what the what's on the Bulls, to be honest. I know Wendell Carter Jr. is kind of nice, uh, but he is a center, and I don't, I don't think him and Lowry overlap much. So maybe that's why Lowry ends up being a more valuable person or player to that team because they don't have a guy that can really back him up, if you know. So I think that's why it's a little bit higher. But again, this is me coming from a little bit more bias seeing as we are King's fans, and we like you, you like Marvin, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and we like Marvin, and we, we we tend to be a little bit more optimistic about him than you know most fans. So you know, his vorp is higher, and that's something that Marvin hopefully will work on uh, going forward. However, uh, however, <clears throat> Marvin does have a higher win share. Although it's 0.02% so, or 0. 0.02 higher, which isn't much. So
1: hmm.
0: again, take with that what you will. Uh, and if you're wondering, uh, Buddy has a higher uh win share per 48 than Zach Levine as well. So overall, I I am intrigued. I would be intrigued by Lowry Market and if he ends up being on the table. I don't think I would train Marvin for him though. And that's kind of my verdict. What what do you think? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wouldn't trade either Marvin or Buddy for either of those players.
0: Buddy, I can be talked into just because, you know, but Buddy, it's not loving coming off the bench, and he's kind of causing some problems in mm-hmm. a way. And you know, Buddy has very real flaws. And you know, if if he's not, if he's gonna complain about coming off the bench, even though he is playing amazing off the bench, that just shows that. Then i I'm willing to cut bait with him. And I love Buddy. I love the uh, dynamics, well, not dynamic scoring, the ex- <laughs> microwave scoring that he brings to the mm-hmm. table. And you know, I I, I want to keep him if we could, but if he's going to complain about coming off the bench the way he has, I'm not. I'm fine with cutting bait with him.
1: Yeah, if that's the case, I would probably look for a different trade, or maybe if there's something extra on top of Levine. But other than that, I can't see see a potential uh, trade in the near future at the moment
0: and that will transition into our next segment and you'll see why so uh to talk a little so the news came out this week about a, a report that basically came out that's basically the relationship between donovan mitchell and rudy gobert has been quite strained and that some officials within the utah jazz believe that there, this is a relationship that is unrepairable, basically and you know there could be now it, now of course it's some this is kind of a split decision uh type situation not everyone thinks it's uh unrepairable but some do believe that it can be repaired especially you know with time but there are concerns within the jazz organization for sure and i bring this up and how does this relate to uh to us uh, you might ask so i'll get into it so open floor open floor by, with uh hosted by uh Ben Golliver and Michael Pina now. Uh brought up an idea that I thought was so out of the box. He basically proposed but buddy heel for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> now, if you're now if you're wondering if, if their contracts match, yes, their contracts basically match one for one. Oh my gosh. Or actually do they I I I I I can't say for sure, but make big, big but um Rudy is max eligible this summer, and you, we might have to pay him the next season not not this off season, but like the next off season if this trade ever does happen oh man that's
1: that seems though that's hard but. besides that out of the box
0: it's eh. Ooh, for me well, 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 right. well for at first well, first of all, let, let, let's get let's get this out of the way first. Which one would you keep if you were the jazz? Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell? Oh Donovan Mitchell.: Yeah, unfo- yeah, like I've actually fallen that same boat. I, unfortunately, I just you know, a guy like Rudy Gobert, like he is an incredible center that protects the rim, does real, does what you you want in a center. Mm -hmm. but unfortunately he is a center and meaning that you know in the playoffs you know if we if the kings were ever to make the playoffs it would be a little bit of a problem he could be played off the court because he's not great at you know defending one-on-one out on the perimeter just because he is a little bit he is kind of a teeny bit slow he's very quick for a center but he's not good enough to hang with the elite ball handlers on the perimeter to be fair no real center is but Um, guys like Rashawn Holmes, um, for example, have shown the ability to kind of keep up with some perimeter defenders and, you know, are just ultimately a little bit more versatile than Rudy Gobert, but Rudy provides so much more, uh, in terms of rim protection and, you know, interior defense that of course you would take Rudy, but I like the, I I would just, I'm okay with a guy like Rashawn Holmes, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so you know, of course, if you're going to keep one of them, you keep Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> that, that's that's my take, and that's of course your take as well. So again, let's go. Let's get back to it. But Buddy for Rudy. Uh, we have a lot of bigs, but you can you we can get we can easily get rid of Alex Lynn though. That's the thing. That's true, along with Buddy, and potentially. Then, then you kind of get into the debate. You know. Alex Len kind of does like maybe sixty, seventy percent of what Rudy does. Of course, that's me coming from you know a guy who doesn't care for the Jazz or watch the Jazz. So I, I imagine Rudy does provide more, but just the idea of it, you know. I would I would have to
1: think about it. I would have to think of potential trades. I I wouldn't say for me one to one because. We need I feel like in my opinion we would need another shooting guard or a wing at least to cover that spot. Even yeah, though need, Bogey we is we need there. a score.
0: Yep. No, we need well Buddy or Bogey would start at that point and we need some sort of scoring from the Yeah. Bench. right, we we need a backup for Buddy. There's
1: no way we would we would have enough uh offense, I'd say.
0: What if he came with Royce O'Neal?
1: Right buddy and Alex and Rudy and Royce O'Neill.
0: I believe so. That would actually make sense, yes. Mm. Oh, man. I... The, the the situation there is that I would start Royce O'Neill next to next to and Fox and then have Bogie come off the bench, which I don't think he would like and you know. <sighs> this is hard. Uh...
1: For now, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna have to watch more clips to get a better understanding of the trades we're dealing with. If this happens,
0: yeah, it just you know, like I think if we trade for Rudy and we just let's just say one for one and we just get Rudy, I think that I think that makes us a playoff team. Like honestly, hmm. of course, once we get to the playoffs, it's a problem because Rudy gets neutralized by like the big wings. The the perimeter de- the premier de- uh, per- premier perimeter defenders in the league. Mm-hmm. So that would be an issue. But I think he gets us to the playoffs because the the luxury that the jazz have is that because Rudy is back there, their defenders push up on like on their uh, defensive on their assignments. and like they at you know un- pe- you know crazy amounts of pressures on the ball handlers. And, you know, because because they know that Rudy is back there and can erase any kind of like, you know, uh, positional advantage that, you know, the uh, that the defenders give up to the offensive player and like they can pressure from behind or just press up all over them. And, you know, Rudy and of course, you know, as much as I shit on Rudy, I got to recognize him for the incredible defensive anchor that he is. And I think that make that makes us a playoff team. Yeah,
1: that would definitely shoot up our defense rating a lot.
0: Of course, then you have the uh, then you have the problem with you know Marvin and Fox. Uh, I think it would fit well with Fox, but not with Marvin because Marvin is not a not a spacer really, and Rudy Gobert is not a spacer. So <laughs> He's get, there's going to be permanently, basically, permanently a guy down there no matter what. So yeah, so that that would be the only thing. Um, it's an interesting proposition. Uh, and you know, getting mentioned on the open floor globe—I mean, that—that's nice. They don't talk about the Kings usually in any kind of a positive. Not that this was a positive thing, but like, you know, just being mentioned on open floor globe make me make my ears perk up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, uh, moving on to the uh, next topic that we have: uh, Harry Giles situation in Sacramento. So Harry, so of course we denied his option. Uh, just before the season started, and a lot of people scratched their heads for the most part, because because you gotta look at the reasons why and what it did to the Kings. It gave us no real advantage to deny his uh, contract or deny his uh, fourth-year option, and also has make it so he's an unrestricted free agent this this summer, and it also makes us makes it so we can't pay him much. We can only pay pay whatever the amount, one hundred twenty percent of the amount his contract curt this year is, which isn't much. So, you know, any any place that offers him over five million, like that's more that's more money than we can offer. So, okay, so there there's that's the situation with his contract. Now, I I really do want him to come back because I I love Harry. What 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 are your thoughts on Harry? <sighs> I remember
1: when they announced that they terminated that contract. And uh, I remember at the time, I thought, eh, I think it was right. Because, you know, at the time, he he was kind of on and off, kind of here and there, but not really uh, doing so well. But since, like, with all the injuries and stuff, he's became or began to play more and we got to see him like kind of flourish a lot better with our team and i mean i i feel like i was wrong <laughs> now i wish he uh i would want to sign him for five million but i uh, there's no way that uh, uh how i say it we,
0: i'm pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure someone, the situation
1: yeah I'm, there's no Way to salvage the situation. And, and I'm pretty sure another team would uh either give him a lot more than we could afford.
0: I'll say this: a lot of teams would love a guy like him. Warriors are, are the team that I think he'll end up going to just because ooh, Steve Kerr Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr would love him. Um and his teammates will love him, but uh th- then you have Draymond there, but uh
1: eh. okay. <laughs>
0: But anyways, yes, like I I love Harry, you know, as a person. He's incre- you know, he's very involved in the community and a very like outgoing personality. And he's constantly involved in social media and stuff in a positive manner.
1: Yeah.
0: And like he's just overall a great guy. And then you have the skill set. You know, he has that little mid-range jumper, um, you know, a a gifted passer from the high post and you know, brings to brings that to the table that where no one else on the kings can. And when he started playing, you know th- the big issue with him, like last year, was that he wasn't good on defense and basically fouled a lot. Well, guess what? He played a lot more this year, and he learned on the job and he got better. Go figure. And now, and now he's proven himself. And one of the reasons why they denied his op denied the option was because they wanted him to prove himself, and he has. And now we're in a situation where we can't pay him much, and yeah, we're we're just going to have to hope that, you know, Harry loves Sacramento so, Sacramento that much because again, he just it's just hard for me to see him leaving just cuz like he seems like he does love the city.
1: Yeah, he does. He has mentioned quite a few times that he loves Sacramento.
0: Yeah, and like the thing is, I think a lot of players, DeMarcus I know loves Sacramento. They don't love the front office. So, yeah, and not much, and you know, like that. That's the that's the other thing we usually have to fight against. Uh, like a lot of players speak well of Sacramento for the most part, especially the players that have played here, and they just don't like the team because this team can be a bit of a mess. And yeah, it's just you just hope that you know he does love Sacramento and willing to take a discount and stays here. But then that brings us to I guess part three of the Harry saga. We have a lot of big men. And we and at first I was thinking like okay so you know we can you know he he'll be behind Rashawn, he'll probably be behind Len or he'll be you know having to share the court with Len a lot and he'll be behind Belly so that's four big men already and then I realized, I forgot Marvin was in the situation as well so he would basically be at least the fourth big man you know if we don't resign Len that is and if Len resigns, he's likely the fifth guy off the bench as a big man. So there just isn't any, any room for him here in Sacramento, unless we get rid of one of these guys. And none of those are viable options to me.
1: So you're saying that out of the five options we have,
0: Harry's the West. I mean, and honestly in a perfect world, kind of would, I kind of would ditch Marvin and just keep, Harry but you know uh, you know but if you're if you're a guy that believes in just go swinging big for that transcendent talent I would keep Marvin but you know Harry has shown so much to us and you know I think there's room to grow with him and again that gift that incredible passing that he brings to the table I don't think Marvin will get to that point although I would love for him to but you know and you know like all of again all of the big men on the kings provide something useful to the team so that's why it makes it so hard to play like you can you can defend your decision to play any of them like over the other and you know that that's that's kind of just the, the kind of conundrum that we're in right now we just we have too many useful guys basically so yeah that's unfortunately Harry's situation i do hope he ultimately ends up coming back and we some Some kind of miracle happens um yeah that's those are just any kind of thoughts you want to add to that
1: uh not really but yeah i would love to have him back but with the circumstances that we have right now with the kings it is pretty slim i'd say but
0: Hey, sometimes you you know this is an issue. I mean, granted, we're not a playoff team or doing anything notable, but sometimes it's better to have you know you know too much talent, I guess, than you know <laughs> not no talent at all. Granted, these guys are you know guys that are gonna carry us to the playoffs. That will be on the backs of Marvin and uh, Marvin and Fox and Bogey and Buddy. But like, yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky situation. I, I, I although ultimately. My heart, my heart wants him back. My brain probably says no, but my heart wants him back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let, let's move on to the next situation or next topic. Uh, so, of course, COVID nineteen has basically devastated the world, <laughs> basically. So, and it's good. So it's good to see, you know, uh, the Kings players contribute. I'm pretty sure I didn't, I didn't name all of them, but just notable names: uh, Bogey, Nemanja, and Vlade are donating back to Serbia. Corey is donating uh, back to Canada. Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, uh, Bogey, uh, and D.R. Fox are donating meals to Sacramento uh, Sacramento families. So all the credit to the world, uh, to all these guys. And I imagine the other guys, the other Kings players are trying to donate whatever they can. You know, All the credit to the world, to them. And I'm sorry if I missed your name. I probably just didn't see it. I just missed it. So um, yeah, so all the credit to the world the world to these guys and you know stay safe out there guys uh funny little thing that i caught on twitter um apparently ben McLemore did an instagram live story and a fan cried because he couldn't believe that it was ben macklemore like he was he was a really big ben macklemore fan you know former king ben McLemore, uh, the second pizza guy i was about to say the original pizza guy but no he was <laughs> no, not no, the original no. pizza guy
1: no 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 no, no. <laughs>
0: You know he he is a he is a a, a former king and it's overall from what I've seen great guy like nice guy. It's too bad that it didn't work here in Sacramento and he I don't yeah. think he's badmouth Sacramento ever. So, uh, no I don't think so. So plus points there you know glad glad that he's doing well in Houston right now. So yeah okay uh okay uh I guess pretty much going to be the last thing is the uh, Hall of Fame NBA. Uh, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame class of 2020. Uh, the inductees: Kobe Bryant, um, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Rudy T, uh, Tamika Catchings, Kim Moki, Barbara Stevens, Eddie Sultan, and Patrick. Bow- I'm gonna say Bowman. You, you say Bow- Bowman, but I'm gonna say Bowman. Um, yeah, I
1: don't. So know, I could-
0: yeah, so congratulations to these guys. Uh, of course, recipes Kobe. Um, he did die earlier this year. On, so yeah, um, but you know, a very well earned, uh, co- you know, very well earned place in the Hall of Fame. And a funny story about this. Uh, apparently, Paul Pierce is not eligible for the Hall of Fame yet because he hasn't he hasn't retired long enough. I think you need to wait four years from the year of your retirement. And he said he played an extra year. Because he didn't want to, he didn't want to retire the same year that all these guys did. You know, Kobe, KG, and Duncan. And basically, that's why he played an extra year so he can go in next year where he could possibly headline. <laughs> because I don't know who's going to headline next year. So,
1: yeah, I can't think of anyone.
0: I thought that was a funny story. Also, another funny story. Apparently, when they played the Warriors. <laughs> Draymond apparently said to him because he, he was basically going on a farewell tour and Draymond said to him, you ain't Kobe. We've Yeah, You're not worth throwing a farewell tour for. <laughs> to Paul yeah. Pierce, the ball Pierce, straight to his oh, face. Uh... Apparently it was, she was, you know, Jesus, Draymond, relax. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, this is a funny little story. Um, the kind of, I guess, and just the kind of, you know, to, Again, congratulations to uh, the Hall of Fame class of twenty twenty. And uh, I don't know how they're going to even do this. I guess they're going to do it virtually. Um, I guess like maybe Zoom, Zoom broadcast it live, and then you know have no one in the audience, which is fine. I think that you can do without an audience. Um,
1: I mean, they're going to get their speech one way or another.
0: Yeah. And, you know, again, uh, Kobe would have made a great speech. Um, oh yeah. It's just you know it's sad that he's gone. You
1: know, rest in peace. Um,
0: I'm pretty so, sure her,
1: his wife will make a great speech for him. Oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: true. I didn't think of that.
1: But, for, yeah, yeah, for um, and her daughter. You
0: know, and of course KG and Duncan, basic probably one and two in terms of the best power forwards of all time. Um, so yeah, very well earned uh places, Rudy T, Rudy T. Uh, that is Rudy. I don't want to say his last name. Um uh, Tom, Tom Donovich. Uh is he won two rings with uh Hakeem. With he he is the he was the head coach of the uh, repeat that they had in what I think ninety three and ninety-four. No, ninety four and ninety five. Sorry, ninety-four and ninety-five. So yeah, and congratulations to him. He has also passed away. I think he died of bladder cancer. I remember right. Ooh, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. So Yep, uh, that's well. That will basically close out the show for us. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll also we'll be releasing a bonus uh, episode a little bit later in the week. Uh, we will be recapping WrestleMania and just kind of what we thought of it. Uh, it is a bit, kind of honestly kind of a bad time to release a WWE podcast because they are in they are taking some PR hits right now because of the releases of the wrestlers um you know i we all of course me me and fall wish the best for these guys hopefully you know they 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 have enough money to you know continue supporting their families and uh yeah hopefully once this um once this crisis is over um they can find work they can find work because they're talented guys like guys that make the WWE you never kind of not a lot of people not enough people give credit to them very talented guys you know i love i love drake maverick Um, and EC3, I, I didn't watch TNA, TNA, well, Impact Wrestling at that point, but, um, I've heard he's a really great, like, talker, and unfortunately, he just never got the chance in WWE. So, um, yeah, but we'll be talking a little bit about WrestleMania. I actually enjoyed the show for the most part, the both nights, and, you know, the right results happened for me, and, uh, we'll be kind of diving a little bit more into that on the bonus pod, um, so, well, are you excited? <laughs> I guess <laughs> uh, We'll see.
1: <laughs> you'll see in the next podcast,
0: and yeah we we'll be recording that a little bit may hope maybe tomorrow and then publish it later in the week. We'll see, but, yeah, uh, just to quickly kind of round out, I guess the people that were released um and yesterday that we're recording this on uh, four sixteen um Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, April 16th uh, as far as uh, on my list Drake Maverick Kurt Hawkins Zack Ryder Heath Slater Luke Gallows Carl Anderson Rusev Ru- happy for Rusev Rusev has been trying to get out um No Way Jose Sarah Logan Mike Canellas Maria Canellas Aiden English EC3 as I said earlier Leo Rush Eric Young Primo Cologne Epico Cologne Eric Rowan Diano Perrazzo uh, Alexander Sick, Jasik. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. MJ Jenkins, Josiah Williams, Dorian Mack, Mike Kyota. and uh, these are and these are kind of the backstage people. These are the pers- well and performance center people. Serena Deep. She was the girl in the straightest society back in the day. If you don't remember, that shaved her head. Uh, uh, Kent, oh Kent, gosh! I know. I, I was like that. She's oh so my god, old. that was her. She's still so here. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 she she rejoined as a as a coach she actually got fired um a while back but uh oh yeah i yeah, was be- about to say because uh she wouldn't adhere to the straight edge lifestyle basically was what i heard
1: oh well <laughs> yeah
0: so uh and kendo cashing ace ace steel uh Kurt Ang- oh um, a notable one kurt angle lance storm mike rotunda that is a uh, bray wyatt's dad actually bray wyatt and a uh, uh, Bo Dallas's dad, oh uh, Sarah God. Stock, Dave Dave Findley. If you guys don't know, he is Findley. Uh, Shane Helms. Yeah. He there's a hurricane coming through, and it's coming in the form of releases. Unfortunately, sorry to make sorry for that dad joke. But uh, Shane Helms, Pat Buck, Sean Devari. Wow, that's a name. Scott Armstrong, uh, Lance Lance Storm. And uh, so those are the guys that have been released. Again, I hope the best for these guys. Some of them are furloughed, meaning that chances are when w- when this crisis is over, WWE is going to hire them back. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm for- a really, ba- really horrible day yesterday. I really hated hearing so many releases yesterday. And uh, you know, hopefully these guys are going to be okay. Um, hopefully. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a somber note to sign up on but hopefully we can kind of brighten the mood in the next episode that uh that we cover wrestlemania with um so yeah um thank you guys for listening and uh yeah keep keep an eye out for that wrestling one if you if you are a kings fan it's okay you don't have to listen to that one it's fine um it's just it's just kind of a, a really it's a passion that we have of wrestling it's kind of the thing we've just been watching since we were young it's kind of fun to get some thoughts out there and wrestlemania it was interesting wouldn't you say
1: yeah very interesting without the usual crowd the usual like stadium just the atmosphere was different
0: yeah i I won't say anymore i was about to say something but we'll save it we'll save it for the wrestlemania pod (laughs) yeah all right well thank you guys for listening and we hope to catch you on the next one keep an eye out for that wrestlemania pod yep see you later